now. All right, guys, welcome back to Shades of Strong. What is up? What is happening? How are all the things? We are now at episode two of season four of Shades of Strong. And y'all, it's been good. (laughs) And by by it's been good, I mean the trailer was good and episode one was good. Because <laughs> we, we still have a ways to go in this season. But yeah, it's been really, really good. I hope that you've had a chance to check out the trailer and also check out season, I'm sorry, episode one where Natty and I were just sharing some of our experiences because the theme for this season is things we've lost to the Cape. So Natty and I in episode one talked about some of the things that we personally lost as a as a result of adorning ourselves with the superwoman cape so yeah hope y'all check that out if you know who i am welcome back to the sos sos queendom if you are tuning in for the first time i'm cheryl and i am the creator and co-host of the shades of strong podcast but um shades of strong is not just a podcast it is a global movement where natty and i are working diligently to dismantle the myths and the stereotypes of the strong black woman by creating safe and sacred spaces for black women to uncape, unmask, and unhide. So like I said, if you are new here, welcome to the queendom. Unpack, stay a while. And let me introduce you to my sidekick, Natalyn Bradshaw, aka Natty. What is up, honey? How are all the things in your world? Hey, they're pretty good. Pretty good. Hello, everyone. Yeah, this is Natty. Like I say, for you guys who are new to us, Natty is my co-host. She has been co-hosting with me for what about two years now, Natty? I think. Um, yeah, I think this is our my, our third my third year doing this. This, with this, you. this is your third year. Okay, so yeah, Natty's been around. She graciously agreed when I said, "Hey, girl, come help me do this," and she was like, "Yes, yes, anything for you, sis, anything." Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got you, go. girl. She got me. She got my back. Speaking of, I got you. <laughs> Today <laughs> in today's episode, we are going to be talking about sisterhood and friendship and all those things, and we're going to talking about talk about how black women have each other have each other's backs and how sometimes you know things happen and they don't anymore so we're going to be talking about the broken the broken sisterhood and so yeah like i said kick up your feet get comfortable stay a while and yeah so that's what's going to happen in today's episode but before we dive into the topic for today i just have a really quick question for you guys are you olivia pope annalise keating cookie lion are Mary Jane Paul. Uh, which of these super superwoman personalities do you identify with the most? If you don't know, Natty and I got you because we created a quiz to help you figure out which superwoman archetype is most dominant in you. And we would love for you to take the quiz and then come tell us what your results were. When you do that, you can do it on IG. You can do it wherever, girl, whatever, wherever is your favorite social media platform. Just do it. Y'all know we shade the strong everywhere. But anyway, it's a really fun quiz. It only takes about four minutes. And yeah, so Natty, which one do you think you are? You know what? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. I don't think I'm Olivia Pope. I don't think I'm her. Yeah. And I don't think I'm Cookie. 
So I'm one or the other two, and I'm just not sure. Okay. So that means Natty's going to take the quiz. <laughs> right. <laughs> Natty's going to take the quiz, and then she's going to come back and tell us which one, what her results were, and whether or not she agrees with them. Like, how accurate was the quiz? You know what, Natty? We should both do that. You know what? We, are we definitely should. Do that. I thought we're that was We're going to plan, do that, actually. and then we're going to come back and share our results and let y'all know if we thought they were accurate or not. So yeah, Definitely. we Definitely. want y'all to take it and you can take the quiz by going to shadesofstrong.com forward slash superwoman quiz. Like I say, it's super fun and only takes about four minutes and we all got four minutes to spare, right? Yeah, we do. Anyway, so now back to the subject at hand. Like I said, we're going to be talking about sisterhood, broken friendships and all of those things. So here's the deal. If you are black, if you are female, if you are over the age of 12, 10, hell, 8, <laughs> you have <laughs> probably been hurt by another female. For some of us, we get over that, you know, we will pass it. For other others of us, we carry that wound on and on and on and it becomes somewhat difficult for us to move past it or move through it and then to begin and begin to make new friendships so we're going to talk a a lot about that today there are several things that contribute to broken friendships and broken sisterhoods some of those things are cattiness backstabbing the need or the need to um where we feel like we have to compete with one another and so we're going to talk a, a lot about that. Then, of course, there's the media who is not doing us any favor by constantly mm-hmm. pitting Black women against each other. And you, you can see that in any of the Real Housewives franchises. And I ain't here to judge because I watch them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going to keep it 100. <laughs> I am not here to judge because I do watch them. But. I do often feel like sometimes they deliberately pit black women against each other, you know, because they can say all day and all night that those shows are not scripted, but it is scripted to some degree. Like, I feel like they lead them into the conversations that they want them to have. And sometimes those conversations are conversations that they know are going to bring about cattiness and backstabbing and drama and all of those things. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not here to judge. I do watch them. Housewives of Atlanta is actually one of my favorite ones. But anywho, back to what I was saying. (laughs) Some of us heal from those wounds and we continue to trust our friends and our sisters and we continue to build new friendships. But then there are other others, others of us who do not move through it as easily. So we want to talk about some of the things that are contributing to broken friendships and some of the things that are contributing to um, broken sisterhoods. I personally think, Natty, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, or if you think I'm wrong, because I'm always right, is really no different <laughs> from being in a romantic relationship, I think. Because once you're in any type of relationship, I think once you're a trust, once you've been betrayed, once that trust has been broken, it's hard to get back to a, a space or a place where you trust someone to not hurt you again. So what we do is, as women, we build up this wall. And I call it the superwoman shield. And that shield is to protect us from all the people that look like the person who hurt us. And for the purpose of this episode, 
that's black women, <laughs> you know? So we, we work diligently to make sure that, oh, she hurt me this time. And so now I don't trust anybody that looks like her to not hurt me. So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about that as well. Natty and I, like I said, we share some of our experiences in, well, not in last week's episode, but in season two. Remember we did the episode on sisterhood in season two, Natty? And we talked about being, we talked about our experience of being hurt by people that we trusted, you know, mm-hmm. with, with our stuff and with our friendship and all of that. And the title of that episode is Sisterhood, They Smile in Your Face. So if you want to check that out, it's in season two. But today we're going to dig a little deeper into the sisterhood wound, what causes it, how we keep keep it from happening, and how we can start healing from it when it happens. And so, like I was telling Natty earlier, because y'all know I always just be throwing stuff at her, but I gave her a little warning before we came on today. When I was thinking about this topic, I came up with five things that that I think contribute to broken friendships and broken sisterhood. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rest randomly select them and then have Natty to tell me what she thinks causes this particular thing and what she thinks the antidote is for it. And then of course, you know, I'll share my thoughts as well. You ready, Natty? I'm ready. <laughs> Let me spin the wheel. <laughs> the trusty wheel. Yes. Let me spin the wheel. Okay. Let's see what we got. So the first one is competition. So what do you think causes Black women to compete against each other? Do you think competing against each other can be a hindrance in a friendship or even even cause rifts in friendship? And what do you think the remedy is for that? Okay, so the second part of your question, do you think, do I think, that competition or being in competition with each other can cause uh, stress in a friendship. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I am of the mind that in a relationship, whether it's like you said earlier, a romantic one or a platonic one, like your, your friendship, you should be on the same team. You shouldn't be adversarial. You should be on the same team. That's how you have someone's back. You can't have someone's back if you don't feel like you're on their side. And when you're on the same team, you're on each other's side. So having something, having a dynamic where you're competing with each other feels, it feels icky to me. Now, I know that there are people that think it's just fine, but it feels, it feels icky to me. It, it, it makes me itch. I don't like it. So I definitely think that being in competition can, can sow seeds of, of damage and harm and in a friendship. What do I think causes us to compete with each other? Um, Well, there are a few things. I feel like there's a list and I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I will touch on a couple of things. One of the things is, well, it already, it always, it always just comes right back back to white supremacy, doesn't it? Um, When we have, when we have internalized stuff, like internalized hatred, internalized anti-Blackness, internalized oppression, internalized misogyny, that leads us to not feeling good about ourselves. And so we end up getting into this absolutely vicious cycle of doing things that we think are going to make ourselves look better 
And it's not out of a motivation of really caring for ourselves and having compassion and acceptance for ourselves. It's really out of a motivation of looking good to everyone else. And so I know we've discussed this before, but I, I firmly believe that's where perfectionism comes from. That's where people pleasing and uh, beating ourselves up over things, this, this inane obsession with productivity. I think all of that stuff comes from that. And so what happens in my opinion, is when we get into that vicious cycle of doing everything we can to make ourselves look good to other people, whatever that image is in our, in our heads, if we see someone else who's also having the exact same struggle and we think they're doing a better job of it than we are, then bam, next thing you know, we're in competition. So, well, for example, I, yeah, I, I went to college. Well, yes, so did I. Oh, well, I got my degree from, an, from I don't know, insert school here. Well, I got my degree from, uh, you know, like Howard or something, a really prestigious HBCU. Well, I went to Harvard. Okay, well, fine. Well, I've got two masters. Okay, well, I've got two masters and a PhD. You know, you see what it's, it, it's like, oh, and then we're like, you go girl, high five. But deep down, we're mad that we're not the other person. It's very, it's weird. And so, you try to enter into friendship with a person with a person with that kind of mentality and they have that same kind of mentality and that actually isn't a friendship that's actually toxic so i think us having these areas within ourselves that we maybe haven't addressed yet haven't acknowledged or we're not currently working on dismantling within ourselves and we are not at a place where we truly have acceptance and compassion and love for ourselves, that leaves us open for that kind of mentality. And then that makes it hard to make friends because we end up coming in contact with a lot of women that have the same struggles and then nothing comes of it because it's just constant competing. You don't feel like you can be vulnerable with someone because you know that they're going to judge you because, well, I would never do that. I wouldn't, you know, all these kinds of things. So I think that's where it comes from. That's why we have a lot, you know, we talk about it all the time. We have a lot of work to do with dismantling all this crap in our lives. And I think that's the solution, right? This really comes down to us seeing ourselves and our full humanity and accepting it and loving it and celebrating it and embracing it. Because I can't, I can only be in right relationship with someone to the extent that I'm in right relationship with myself. I can only love someone well enough, well enough, or well, or as well as I'm loving myself. So if I'm not loving myself well, I can't love you well. If I'm not loving myself well, if I'm not, if I don't have that compassion for myself, if I haven't dismantled that stuff for myself, I can't possibly be your friend because I'm not going to allow you to show up in your full humanity and vulnerability. And if you have, if I'm working on that within me and you're not working on that within you, then you can't be my friend. It won't work. It just won't work because one of us will be in competition with each other, with the other person. So it only works if we're both doing that work within ourselves, gently, slowly, and deliberately. Because each time the other person slips up, we're going to remember, oh, wait, we're on the same team and we're truly going to have the other person's back. We're truly going to be there to catch them if, when they fall. We're going to be there to to grab them by the hand and pull them up. We're going to be there to call them in as opposed to calling them out. We're going to be there 
to nurture them the way we nurture ourselves and we won't ever shame them or vilify them personally or, or you know pri- in private or in public that's like that's what a right relationship looks like to me and that is a relationship that is devoid of all competition so i do think that's the solution is doing that work of ridding ourselves and disentangling ourselves from what white supremacy has taught us and what patriarchy has taught us that we're less than and that we're that resources are scarce and we've got to achieve the most and we've always got to achieve more than the other person otherwise we can't win we certainly can't win together we've got to do that within our own individual lives and then connect with other women who are also doing that work we don't all have to be on the exact same page but we definitely need to be in that same journey like we might be taking different routes but we need to at least know that we're on that same journey. I 100% agree and just to piggyback off what you were saying and doing the work I think that if we can look at I don't I don't know if I really want to word it this way um but if we can look at as I look at our friendships as an opportunity to partner with and collaborate with one another while we're doing the work, I think we'll mm-hmm. realize that we really are not in competition with each other. So if someone has something that you feel like, oh, I wish I had that, or why did she end up with this and, and it didn't happen to me? If you will look for an opportunity to partner with her and what whatever it is, or what or collaborate with her and whatever it is, I think that opens the door for or closes the door to competition because now mm-hmm. we're in this thing together. Together, we, yeah. We're, like we're working on this thing together, even if it's some college that Ivy League school or, you know, a really uh, popular HBCU, even if it's that, look for opportunities where you can invite her into your space and say, hey, come talk to whomever about, you know, whatever. You, you got going on. So look for opportunities to partner with and collaborate with. And I think that in turn closes the door to competition. But like Natty was saying, even in that, you have to do your work first. And we're always talking about doing the work. And we talk about doing the work because a lot of these things are birthed in us from childhood and it's birthed yeah. in, in us. And it, and it's unintentional. Like you got you got your sports. We're competing in that. And sometimes it's just it's hard to we're we're competing for a student body president and student mm-hmm. council. And you know the like it's like the whole world is a competition. So sometimes when you are in a friendship or a sisterhood, it's it's hard to disconnect yourself from that competitive spirit, from that competitive spirit because these things are competitive in nature, but we have to learn to disconnect from the competition and look for opportunities for partnerships and collaboration. So yeah, I think competition definitely contributes to broken friendships and things like that if we are not able to disconnect from that spirit that is embedded in us. Okay, and so while you were talking, I went ahead and spent the wheel. <laughs> and the next one is judgment. What I want to know what that looks like when you think about judgment, and you touched on a little bit while you were talking. What does what does judgment look like in a friendship, and how can we remedy that? (laughs) Judgment looks like literally whatever your friend is doing, and the thought comes up, "Well, I would never do that." Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
congratulations, you just judged her. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Couldn't be me. I can't relate, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all this mess. Like, okay, good for you. You know, where's your crown? You got to put it on? You want us to clap? Like what? Like, so what if you would never do that or that could never be you? And I'm, with by me saying this, this is not my, it's not my intent to judge anyone who's done mm-hmm. this because I've also done it. We've all I've done. Also I think done we've it. all been there. We've yeah, all done it. We're like, oh, couldn't be me, or even like, you know, when we as black women do this whole thing, or we see a woman going through something, or just you know, moving in certain ways in her life, and we're like, oh, you way better than me, because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be putting up. If with it that. had been me, yeah. I wouldn't. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, have you ever even been in that situation? Right. Maybe not. But even if you have, listen, we can call each other simps all the time. But the fact is, even if we aren't now, we've all been that simp. Mm-hmm. We have. Mm-hmm. So this whole, because like when, when, when a Black woman says, you better than me, you know what that really means. No, you're not. That means, me. girl. I think you're I'm, an idiot. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it means because what she's really saying, it couldn't have been me because that it would could not never have gone be me. down that way had it, <laughs> it been me. That that's way. what she's really because saying. Baby, I would have I would have already <laughs> I would have already taken care of that, right? You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> what she's so saying is kind of stuff. Mm-mm, mm-mm, you stupid. So we're constantly judging, right? So we're constantly judging. It's like, oh girl, if you like it, I love it. If Black woman is telling you, if, if you like it, I love it. She definitely does not love it. She definitely she does, does not, not like it. it. And she thinks you're an idiot. And she <laughs> thinks you shouldn't be liking it and loving you it either. Be liking it either. <laughs> so I think like what you said with the last point, like some of this stuff is embedded in us. Mm-hmm. Like, If you would like support beyond a podcast episode around the work of uncaping and giving yourself space to redefine what strong looks like for you, or to redefine what showing up in challenging times can look like for you, Natty and I would love to support you in our first cohort of the Not Your Superwoman Healing Circle starting in June. We're inviting you to join us for seven days of gathering in a safe and sacred space where you can lean on and connect with other women in vulnerability and where we can hold space for each other as we start to uncape and heal our little black girl wounds. In addition to gathering in the circle of healing with other sisters, you'll receive a digital printable journal with seven days of journaling prompts carefully created to help you identify and unlearn the behaviors that force you into caping. You'll also receive seven days of printable affirmation cards that align with the journaling prompts to help you unlearn and break the negative thought patterns and beliefs that taught you as a little black girl that a cape like is the best life and in addition to that you'll be receiving a guided visualization meditation to reintroduce you to the little girl you were before life society and circumstances taught you to cape while also helping you to visualize your life without the burden of the superwoman cape the cost for participation is 30 dollars, and space is limited to 20 women Visit shadesastrong.com forward slash not your superwoman to get on the wait list. Now, back to the show. It's part of us, like, culturally, this is how we move in a lot of ways. But I, I think the, the shadow aspect of all of this is some of the 
stuff that is us as a culture is born from something really, really um, diabolical mm-hmm. and and harmful. So the whole judging um, piece, we want to do anything we can to separate ourselves from that person. And I just wonder if we, if we were to dig deeper and ask ourselves why we're doing that. Who are we doing that for? Mm. Who are we trying to point out to that, oh, I'm not like her. Mm-hmm. Like, am I one of the air quotes good ones? Is that what you're saying? Like, and who are you saying that to? Who are you trying to signal that to? Mm-hmm. Is it is it black men? Is it mm-hmm. white people? Because it, it really is. A, it's like, no, I ain't like her. I'm better. Right. Better in whose eyes? And that doesn't come from us. That comes from someplace else. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, we've adopted it and we've internalized it deeply and and it's, we've turned it into our culture, so to speak, but some of our cultural pieces are very, are very harmful. It's not saying that we're deliberately trying to be harmful. Mm -hmm. It's ways that we've learned to cope with trauma um, that was visited upon us. So in, in lieu of healing, because maybe we really weren't given the true space and safety and time to heal, we've learned to cope by doing all of these things. And one of those things is, is really judging each other harshly. Like we do it all the time. I see it all the time, especially with yeah. these younger generations online. Like if someone says something that makes a lot of sense and that is very supportive of other human beings, a lot of times you'll see somebody pop up. And if this isn't with just Black people, just in general, they'll come up, oh, well, he's not going to sleep with you, sweetie. Or She's not going to go out on a date with you, you know, for saying, it's like, wow. So this person trying to say something kind and right. something supportive of another human being is being a simp. Okay, cool. All right. Didn't know that. Um, but w- I see it all the time. And so it's all this judgment, all of it. Everything is, oh, you know, if you like it, I love it. Or no, it couldn't be me. Or no, I can't relate. Oh, gosh, I can't imagine being you. And, and these are things that I've said too. Like, I'm like, oh gosh, imagine being that person. Usually I'm talking about white folks when I do, when I do that, like that are exhibiting extreme whiteness. I'm like, oh gosh, imagine being them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's my, my, my first instinct is to judge. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how that's actually helping anything or anybody. Because if we're that quick to judge other people, it's because we have had a lot of practice, like mm-hmm. hours, 10,000 hours plus mm-hmm. worth of practice judging ourselves. Oh. And that's what we're trying to stop doing, right? We're trying to learn to stop doing that. So, yeah, it still comes back to our own internal work. And Why I think, I think all of them, oh, <laughs> oh they're all going to come, they're all going to come back to our work because when you, if you really think about judgment, I think what happens in that in that circumstance is that we have somehow placed ourselves up on a pedestal and we are now looking down on people and saying, I'm different than you. I'm better than you. Or we've done just the opposite and we're operating from a place of not enoughness. And so yeah. we, e- we easily go into that space of envy and jealousy. 
And so rather than now saying I'm different than you or I'm better than you, we're, what we're really saying is I'm less than you. And how mm-hmm. dare you try to do something more than what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Because so, deep down, I wish I could be you. I wish I could be you. And so that comes mm-hmm. from a spirit of not enoughness. And in order for us to fix that, like you were saying, our remedy that is that we have to, number one, show ourselves compassion and humility. So mm-hmm. that we don't get caught up in, in in being envious and jealous and all of those things. And then as we're showing, as we're being compassionate with ourselves, we, that, that compassion spills over into the lives of other people. So I think if we can learn, number one, to be humble and being humble, like mm-hmm. people, people are like, oh, I'm not going to be humble. I work hard. I did this. I did this. It's not even about. No, you know, you discounting the work that you've done. What it's saying is I did a thing and now what I'm going to do is I'm going to see how I can help other people do a thing. It's not getting way up here and saying, you know what, I'm up here, I'm up on this pedal, you're beneath me. And so when people are saying being humble, they're 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 just saying, Yeah, you did the work, but don't put yourself up on this up upon this pedestal and now you think you're better than someone else. So Compassion and humility, I think, is the cure for um, judgment in relationships. Compassion with ourselves and other people. And then even when, you know, we've gone and we've done all the things to remain humble, knowing that, yeah, you're here, but you're not better than anyone else because you made it there. Right, right. I I would just like to quickly add to, to what you're saying about humility. Because we, I think you're right, we have a very distorted idea of what humility actually is. And so we bristle at the thought of being humble because we normally think of being humble as being super low or, you know, like the less than kind of thing. And that's that's not what it is at all. All it is, is I can see my own humanity and I can be honest about exactly. it. Exactly. There you go. And because I can see my humanity, that means I can also see yours. And I can see that we're both humans. We're both the same. So no, even though I may have accomplished X, Y, Z, and you haven't accomplished that, that doesn't mean I'm any better than you. Exactly. Because our humanity, our innate worthiness lies in our humanity. It doesn't lie in what we do or what we've accomplished or haven't accomplished. That's what humility is. It means that I can, I can celebrate my accomplishments when I have done, like you said, I've worked hard and I've done these things, but that also means that I'm not going to look at someone who's out down on their luck and maybe living on the street and thinking somehow I'm better than them because I'm not. All right, moving right on. Our next one is cattiness. Oh. (laughs) Mean girl. (laughs) Yeah. Oh dear. (laughs) Oh, what gosh, is the no, resolve, no. my dear? <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. You know what? And I have to admit, I I I love a good piece of hot goss. I think that's what they say yes. now. These kids say yes. I do. Um, especially like in celebrity world. Mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. hearing gossip about celebrities and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And kind of it's kind of like you with like the real housewives. That's like me with knowing all the all the ins and outs of these different celebrities and stuff like and I'm not up on all of them there's a bunch of stuff that I don't know but like things that pieces of uh, pop culture and media that I am into I usually know who's involved like the actors or the musicians and all that kind of stuff and like hearing little tidbits about their lives and stuff it's like oh yeah 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 
And I love listening to a handful of pop culture podcasts. So it's like, um, I know that cattiness is wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, you, like you said, like I, the Real Housewives franchise is trash. I know what they're doing. They're pitting these women against each other mm-hmm. for ratings and money. They're mm-hmm. lining their own pockets. They're not probably not paying these women well. And yeah, it's trash. And also I watch it. Also, <laughs> That's kind of like, it's like, <laughs> I know cattiness is wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, oh gosh, it, it's a vice. I have to, you know, like, so I, mm, I don't really know the right things to say here other than, yeah, cattiness is wrong. And you it is, it is wrong, but I think it goes back. I think it goes back to one of the ones we talked about earlier. Gosh, I don't remember. Cause you mentioned it just a little bit. It may have been in a judgment piece. I think it goes back to celebrating each other. You know, yeah. when when the opportunity comes up, rather than looking looking at a person and saying, oh, she thinks I'm better than I am. I think we have to learn, as women, we have to learn to celebrate each other in, in our accomplishments and not get in a corner with somebody else that's in the friend circle and say, hey, she she, she did a thing and, and now she's acting funny. Because all the time, she maybe she's not acting funny. Maybe that's just your insecurity. That's making mm-hmm. you think that she's acting funny. So when, you know, when she does a thing, then show her that, you know, I'm on your side 100%. Let's celebrate together and be real and authentic when you're celebrating. Like, don't fake it. Like, if you're genuinely happy for her, then be happy for her. But if you're not, then don't fake it. Go away and come back when you can be genuinely happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I guess this is one of those times where that really just... To me, it's a really dumb cliche, but I think it works in this situation. Like, if you can't say something kind, then just don't, don't, just don't, don't say anything at all. You know, like, don't say anything because you're all. right. Like, if you can't be genuinely happy for someone, they don't deserve that energy from you. First of all, and second of all, what's going on with within you that See, that you goes back to doing your work? Them? Yeah. 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 Like, um, and, and this is not, this is, again, this is not a way of, of coming down on someone because I've, I've seen so many black women that I admire achieve so many great things. And sometimes I get jealous and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be able to do that too. And then I get scared. I'm like, what if I'm never going to be able to do anything like that? No matter how hard I try. But then it's like, okay, but does this mean... I wish this woman weren't doing that. No, that's not what it means. Does it mean that I'm not happy? Am I genuine, that I'm not genuinely happy for it? No, that's not what it means either. I can still find that, that place that's like, oh my gosh, I'm really genuinely happy for her. And I want her to be as visible as she wants to be in this world and still feel safe. I want her to be celebrated. I'm going to be really, really pissed when I see any blowback against her kind of the way we see all kinds of blowback against, you know, like Beyonce or Serena Williams, or it's, 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 or Megan Thee Stallion, we, Cardi, whoever, we see all kinds of blowback. And uh, again, it's, it's weird how you see it mostly towards black women. And it's really gross. It's like, no, I'm, and that's how I know, like, that's like my, my spirit telling me, no, you really are genuinely happy for this person because you get, 
legit angry when you see people criticizing this person and you don't even know them. And then you're like, how dare you? After all the things that they've accomplished. Da, 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 da. So you've, it's like the only way you can have that kind of reaction is if you, again, are working within yourself to heal things within yourself and learning to love and appreciate and have compassion for yourself. Like that's the, the most important thing. And if, again, if you haven't even started doing that work or even worse, if you can't acknowledge that that's work that needs to be done, you will be that person that's, that someone's going to have to tell you, oh, well, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Because obviously you feel some type of way about this person having it. There have been people that have done me wrong, like personally done me wrong in, in the past. And I see them accomplishing things and it's like, okay, I be and and 10 years ago, I would have felt, I really would have felt sideways about that mess. I would have felt now I'm at a place that's very, very different. It's like, okay, is something coming up inside of me? What, what, is, my, what is my body feeling right now? Is my body feeling weird? If it is, then I need to go back to, Hey, do I need to forgive this person again? Because my goal is to be genuinely happy for that person. And I'm talking about have done me wrong, wrong, you know, stuff that it's like, it, it, it took a long time. It took time to heal from some of that stuff. But that's, that's the result of this, this work that we, that we do for ourselves. So a way to, I guess, kind of gauge check yourself gauge check yourself before you wreck yourself is to say okay wait do i feel genuinely happy for this person and if i don't what's going on within me and why right you know? absolutely absolutely i don't think i have anything to add to that <laughs> i think you said it all so our i'll be saying a lot i know you, you be saying I'll, go off on yes, honey. I'll be going down the no, road you did like, not go look, on a tangent you did i said go to the next light you went down 10 blocks you <laughs> anyway the next one is hurt feelings and i i know you and i like i said we talk about this in season two in the episode they smile in your face we both had an experience where our feelings were well let's just do the last two together the last one is exclusion and then there's there's hurt feelings i think we can include oh yeah because those go hand in hand yeah they go hand in hand and so so i added these in because natty and i both have experienced being excluded from a thing and you know having our feelings hurt as a result of being excluded which ultimately led to friendships ending by no fault of our own, I might add, but that's a story for another day. That's but another anyway, story for another day. <laughs> but <Yes>. anyway, uh, <laughs> I still have some issues I'm working on in that situation, y'all. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so hurt feelings and, and exclusion. What are your thoughts on that, Natty? What where do you think? What do you think? Like we know what happens when people don't include you in things, and we know how your feelings get hurt as a result of those things. But how can we? I guess, move through the whole being excluded and had your feelings hurt by someone that you care for deeply. I'm really glad you. this was one of the pieces that you brought up. And this is one of the, the laundry list of reasons why I like, I just love talking to you, Shirley, because we like, okay, so first of all, like we're both Sagges, we're both Sagittarius, right? So mm-hmm. our birthdays are within, we're days apart. And so it's like, 
we're not the same, obviously, because I know enough about astrology now to know that it's not just your sun sign. It's like your whole chart. And so everyone is really different, like truly like a snowflake fingerprint. Okay, so I get it. Um, but we kind of ha have had, we've talked about a lot of different situations and, and life experiences that we've had. And we've, we've had some similar, very similar experiences. And like, this is one of them. And like you said, you're currently still working through that. I'm currently still working on healing this, this thing around belonging for me. It's been a thing that I've been working on for a couple of years now. And I can't say, oh, that I have an answer. I can't say that. What I can share with you is what I've been doing to address it. So this is what I've been doing when sometimes, especially last year, because it, you know, lockdown had us all just stuck. We couldn't really go very many places or do anything to distract ourselves. So lots of things would come up unannounced and uninvited. <laughs> and I would have to unwillingly really look at those things and, and address them. And one of those things was this whole belonging piece and feeling like um, I've never really belonged anywhere. And once I decided to stop trying to ignore it, because that wasn't working, I started to sit down and really write the different things that I was feeling. If a memory came up, I would write it down. If a feeling came up, I would write it down. And that's just embarrassing too, you know, like you don't want to think about it, much less write it down and look at it and read it. But that's what I did. I um, wrote a lot of stuff in my journal. I actually wrote it in my art journal because I knew that I was going to cover it up with paint and things later. But it was an important part of of a piece of healing for me was to just re release it, just get it out, because that's something I had never done before. And I was faced with a lot of really deep, dark emotions around feeling alone and feeling very lonely because of feeling excluded a lot and not feeling like I belonged anywhere. And then I also wrote some things about and said some things. And I actually started this part like a, a few years ago and I didn't even, you know, I, it, I started that part before I started putting out the, the stuff that I was really hurt about, but I kept doing it. I kept writing about how regardless, I've always, I've always belonged to myself. I've always belonged to love. I've always belonged to big things like art and music and a history of creativity and a history of, of building. Just thinking about like my parents and my grandparents and my ancestors and all of that. And I'm like, I've always belonged to that. I've always belonged to words and poems and songs and a lineage. I've always belonged to a lineage because we all have a lineage, right? I've always belonged to dreams and and lofty things. And I started writing that stuff down too. And I kept saying that, you know, I really belong to love because I have love in my heart. I have people in my life to love. So I love, I love my husband. I love my children. I love my relatives. The ones that I'm fortunate enough to still have in my life, I love them. And I'm like, wait, I, I have a bunch of love in my heart. 
And I, be, I belong to that. I, I, I totally belong to that. I said that I belong to God and I belong to the Holy Spirit. I, I said all kinds of things about what I did belong to. And it started to help me feel whole. Like, it's okay if this person, that person, the other person didn't want to be friends with you. It's okay. And sometimes it might not even have anything to do with you and you don't even know. And that's okay too. And even if it does have something to do with you, it's still okay. Because no matter what, you still belong. And I know that that kind of sounds like, you know, that can sound really cliche too. And I don't mean for it to sound that way. I, I mean this in all sincerity. But that's important for, that was important for me to know. Because I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm an only child. I don't have any siblings. I do have siblings-in-law by marriage, but I'm not close to, to those people. So yeah, by marriage... I have nieces and nephews, but no one's looking at me like I'm their aunt. That's a whole long other thing for another, for a different time. So I'm, I don't have those, you know, and I always wanted to be someone's aunt. I always, I always wanted to be in a sorority. I always wanted to be in a club, I, all these different things. And I was in some clubs and I was even the, the leader of some clubs, but it was like, I always wanted to be in a circle of, of, of relationship, a circle of friends, a circle of, um, of, of, chosen family, a, a sisterhood circle, all of that. And so writing all these different things about what I did belong to did help heal to a great degree the parts of myself that felt grief over not belonging to those other things. So that's what I've done. I'm not saying that that's going to be an answer for everyone because it isn't. It's just been an answer for me. I think it should, just to sum, sum it up is, I mean, it's about self, self-acceptance. I, that's what I heard when you were saying mm-hmm. is that you learned to accept that you were enough without somebody like yeah. you. And yeah. so, yeah, I think, you know, it's like we, we've all, we've been saying this entire time. It's about doing your work and realizing that you are enough, that you are a part of this and you are a part of that. And so it's about accepting that, you know what, whether or not she likes me, I like me. I'm good. Like yeah. you don't need to, you don't need approval from anyone else. The only thing you need is for you to approve of who you are right. at, at your core. And so just going back to the the hurt, hurt feelings part, I just wanted to touch on that just a little bit, is that I think that a, a way we can, we can, um, kind of remedy that is that when someone hurts our feelings we oftentimes go into this space where we completely shut down and that's our way of trying to protect ourselves but if we would get into the habit of saying hey when you said this it made me feel this way or when you did this it made me feel this way and then we're having that open communication because daddy and I you know we don't even know why we're not friends with these people anymore they just had kicked us out and um, like, we don't even know why, <laughs> mm-hmm. but had they come to us and said, Hey, like if we did a thing, but I know we didn't. Cause you know, me and that, we perfect. We don't do something. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but if we had done a thing, feel like the door, the door of communication should always be open. Like if you feel like someone has done something to, to offend you, or if someone has done something to offend you, then be open enough to say, Hey, you did a thing. And it made me feel this way. And that's where vulnerability is, comes in. And, you know, that's it. 
we don't, you know, we don't do well with vulnerability. We're working on it. We're, you know, we're working to get to, to get to that space where we we're always open and vulnerable and honest with people. But it's work, you know. It's, it goes back to us doing our work. So anyway, yeah, we gotta wrap it up because we've been out here a while. So the five things we talked about were judgment, hurt feelings, exclusion, competition, and cattiness. All of those things contribute to the downfall or um, of, of friendships and, and broken sisterhoods and things like that. Because the bottom line is when you've been hurt by someone that you love and someone that you care about, especially somebody that you once called sis or sister, like it hurts. And it hurts like hell. Like if Natty did something to me, I don't know how I would recover from that, you know, because and vice she, versa. Be, yeah. because she and I have such a, a, we, we have this bond and we've mm-hmm. never like physically been in each other's presence, but we have this bond. And so if she did something that, that hurt me, like truly hurt me, it will probably take me some moments and several moments to bounce back from that. But like I said, said earlier, we have to get to a place where we began to take off this superwoman outfit and get to a space like when you've been hurt, the the remedy to, to that is learning to trust again. And it's not always easy. But here's the deal, y'all. We all we got. <laughs> yes. We black mm-hmm. women, we are all we got. We black women have such a a um unique sisterhood because we connect on so many different levels. Think about it. We are the only one who fully understand the intersection of our womanhood and our blackness. We are the only ones who know what it feels like. And me and Natty talk about this a lot. What know, know what it feels like to be oppressed from not just a misogynistic point of view, but also from a white supremacist point of view. We know, no, nobody else knows what that feels like. We know what that feels like. Black women are the only ones who know what it's like to live in a society where the media is constantly pitting you against each other because of the varying shades of our melanin. We are the only Mm -hmm. ones who fall prey to trying to fit into the European standards of beauty. We are the only ones who know what it's like to be the mother of a Black son or a wife of a Black man. And the fear and the uncertainties that come with that. We are literally all we got. So if you are in a space where you have been hurt by a friend or or you've been wounded by the sisterhood, maybe you were a part of a sister circle and somebody in that circle betrayed you and you felt it was better for you to just leave. We're all we got, y'all. We need each other for shared experiences. And I know all of this is easier said than done. You've been hurt. You don't know if you're going to trust people anymore. I ain't ready to forgive. I get it. Been there, done that every day. I am still, it's like we always say, we never arrive. We are constantly arriving. But the only way to trust again is to move through the fear of being hurt. Because that's where it comes from. Mistrust comes from the fear of being hurt. It comes from the fear of being rejected. It comes from the fear of being abandoned. It's all connected to that. So if we can move through that fear, we can rebuild our trust in Black women. We can rebuild our trust in friendship and sisterhood. Does that mean you'll never be hurt again? Mm, probably not. <laughs> you probably will be. But we still have to get to, get to a place where we, 
where we recognize just because one person did a thing to me does not mean that everybody that looks like that person is going to do that thing to me. And the only way to do that is to identify, like Natty was saying earlier, identify those things that trigger you. Because let's just keep it 100. When, when, when you're in your voice, and when you're in your head and, and you're saying, oh, she did this and she did that. I don't know if I can trust this person because so-and-so did this. That's your ego talking. And your ego is doing what it's supposed to do because it's been humiliated. It's been abandoned. It's been betrayed. It's been, oh, she's not going to make a fool of me again. So your ego is trying to protect you from having to go through that journey again. But the reality is we cannot live a life, number one, by ourselves. And we are not going to live a life free from pain. Because if you get to that space, let me just say you ain't human no more. (laughs) It's a line from one of my favorite movies. Life is pain. Anyone who tells you otherwise is selling something. Exactly. Exactly. You will never get to a space where you will never experience hurt and pain in life. It's a part of life. It's what we do. We have to, we have to do the work, number one. And number two, we have to learn to trust again. We have to learn to move past the fear of being humiliated and and abandoned and rejected and all those things. And ooh, she's not gonna have me out here looking stupid. We gotta learn how to move through those things. And it takes baby steps. What's a baby step? What's one thing you could do, Natty, to begin to move through to move through the fear? Like, what's a baby step you can take, like, right now? Well, one of the baby steps, uh, I'll use myself as an example. I have made a new friend this year. It's a lovely, a lovely lady that approached me in Target the day of the insurrection in Washington, D.C. And um, we got to talking in Target. And I, we were both wearing our masks. And she was very white presenting, I should say. But as we kept talking, I realized she's a black woman. And then she said some things that definitely said, oh, no, this is a black woman from just from New Orleans. And we talked about all kinds of things. And regular, regular, everyday Natty would have would have had a great conversation and would have said, OK, wasn't that lovely talking to you? Bye. And I would have never seen that woman again. But I decided to take my own baby step and say, I said, I um, my name is Natalyn and, um, I'd like to give you my number and then we can text and do text message, you know, and she, and I would, I mean, I said it almost like that. It was almost like I was in junior high or something. And I was fully kind of expecting her to be weird about it or say no or whatever, just cause again, like you said, pain and, and I'm, I am used to rejection. She like her, I couldn't see her face because again mask but I saw her eyes and her eyes lit up she's like oh I would love it and so we exchanged numbers and we've been texting ever since wow I love it I was very baby proud of myself step. Baby, <laughs> baby steps step. yeah baby steps and in, in your mind you don't know whether or not you can trust this person but the only way you're going to know if you can trust the person well, you're gonna find out is to just try it's to trust yeah. them Natty knows probably most of my story my my entire life and I've been through some shit y'all like I've been hurt and so oftentimes I reside in that space where I'm not going to trust you until you prove to me that you can be trusted. That's the mm-hmm. wrong space to reside in. That's the, you cannot, because the only way you can trust, the only way a person can prove to you that, that they can be trusted is that you open the door of trust. Right. That involves vulnerability. That involves vulnerability. And so, yeah, we got to get back to that space. The, the sisterhood wound can be unbroken. It, it can be unbroken and it's up to us individually to do the work 
to unbreak it. When I watch girlfriends, y'all, black women are the original girlfriends. Like we are the. We literally invented that term. What's up, girlfriend? We don't really say it much anymore. Just like sis. Just like yes. uh, like that's all of us. that. <laughs> that's us. That's us. Black women are the original girlfriends. We invented girlfriends. We invented sisterhood. That stuff came from us. We have been saying this stuff at least exactly. since my our, our mamas were little. Because I grew up mm-hmm. hearing girl, sis, mm-hmm. sister girlfriend i didn't know not one white woman or any other woman that would say stuff like that now it's all over the internet kind of like hip-hop culture so it's like oh no everyone says this but no just know know that you know that it was black women it was black women we are the original girlfriends we are the original sisterhood so although you may have been hurt by a black woman or a few black women i'm gonna tell you I can say honestly with every fiber of my being that nobody has your back like Black women do. We're still all we got. But we're all we got. We hold each other accountable. We hold each other accountable with love. We hold each other accountable for the way we see ourselves, the way we treat ourselves, how we walk through the world, and how we allow others to treat us. Black women will hold you up while yep. still holding you down. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we got, we are literally mm-hmm. all we got. Nobody does it better than we do. Nobody. Ain't nobody gonna gas you up like a black woman will. Nobody. Not Girl, a you one. You with your hair done, your nail done. They be like, what? Yes, and you already mm-hmm. know she sees you. You know she what I'm you. saying? Yeah. We are literally yeah. all we got. So we have to do the work to make sure that our friendships and our sisterhood stay intact. And just because you've been hurt by a Black woman does not mean that everyone is going to hurt you. So let's commit to doing the work. All right, y'all. It's almost time. It, it Look, it's almost time. It is time for us to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I can stay on this soapbox all day long because although I- It's a comfy hurt, one. It's a comfy it, one. It I feel is. like this This is a hill that I will. I could die on. Yeah, I yes, will, I'll stay on this hill. Yep. Listen, we- Yeah, we all we got. At the end of the day, we all we got. So yeah, today, what did we talk about in this episode? We talked about the sisterhood wound, what causes it. We talked about how to start healing from it and how important sisterhood and friendship is in our lives. So if any of this resonated with you, if you've been hurt, if you have a a story or an experience that you want to share, hit us up. Let us know. Say, hey, y'all was talking to me when y'all was talking about that girl. I've been down that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know. You can slide in our, D- in our DMs on um, social media. I always say slide in. Y'all can just, you ain't got to slide in there. Take on in there <laughs> in our DMs on your favorite social media platform. You know, we're Shades of Strong everywhere. Or you can send us an email at highofshadesofstrong.com. And if this blessed your soul, tell a friend to tell a friend because we all know at least one person who has been hurt, who needs a good word right now. So yeah, Mm -hmm. share this episode with somebody you know. And we came through with the good word. We came through with the word. We did that. Yeah, we did. So listen, Natty and I pat ourselves on the back, y'all. We don't need need nobody to validate us. We validate ourselves. I sure will. (laughs) So yeah, y'all. Let's keep the conversation going. Anything you want to add, Natty? 
Yeah, I, there were a couple of things I wanted to add, but I'll, I'll choose one of them and I'll okay. say this. The better that we get at seeing ourselves, truly seeing ourselves individually, the better we'll get at seeing each other. Absolutely. And the better we get at seeing each other, the quicker and more bombastically we will heal Absolutely. as a collective. Bombastically. Did y'all hear that? Like, it's going to be like, it's like for those who know any anime at all, I don't know a whole lot of anime, but I know that Goku like can blow up or whatever, can blow up the universe and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be like that kind of healing. It's going to be like, like yeah. that. And that as black women, that's what we deserve. That's what we deserve. That's what we freaking deserve. We deserve it. So let's get to really seeing ourselves right so that we can yeah. see each other right. And All we can right. build together. All right, y'all. We're going we to get right out of here. My final question. Natty, can the mm-hmm. Black Sisterhood Circle be unbroken? Yes, it can. <laughs> <laughs> can it be y'all. strengthened? Yes, it can. Yes, can it, it be can. nurtured? Yes, it yes, can. It can. Can it glow? and sparkle all the way out into space absolutely it can. yes it can y'all we magical as fuck mm-hmm. period <laughs> period <laughs> period we are magical as fuck with the t yes. on the end and the with period the t on the with end. the dot period, period. Yes. okay y'all <laughs> me and natty dog we we yeah we about to get out of here but yeah don't forget to check out the Superwoman quiz. Natty and I are going to take it and we're going to come back and share with y'all our results. That's Shades of Strong forward slash Superwoman quiz. All right, guys, we out of here. Thank y'all so much for hanging in here with us. And we will see you back here in a couple of weeks. Say bye.